This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Conferences and events have really been ramping up. It can be a mixed bag when it comes to inclusion. Some are good and some are bad. So what can you do to make sure that everyone feels more accommodated at your next conference? Kelly Braun Johnson is the founder of Completely Inclusive and Kelly has some tips and advice. Hey, good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Dave. So, Kelly, you've been doing some journeying the last little bit for work and pleasure, and you've made your way through a couple of airports, and we don't have to dwell on this, but to your mind, what makes for an inclusive airport experience before somebody even gets to a conference? So, in the last two weeks, I flew through four international airports, three of which were in Canada, um, and it's been really interesting to see the differences in terms of where they put their uh, emphasis in terms of accessibility, you know, what they're offering. Some have quiet rooms, some have play areas for kids, um, some make it easy to request assistance, and some you're waiting for 15, 20 minutes. Um, but for what like makes a really inclusive experience, I think that designers um, and airport staff have to really look at the customer experience all the time with fresh eyes, and they need to be asking questions. You know, where where are the bottlenecks? What kind of questions are being asked over and over again? How can we make this experience easier? Because airports are stressful and Oof. hectic places and oh, people yeah. are tired, right? <laughs> so, Yeah, airports are very much a means to an end. To say, to say that some are more pleasant than others is, is fair, but <laughs> even the pleasant ones aren't necessarily super, super pleasant. Uh, Kelly, do people underestimate just how important the accessibility experience at a place like an airport, a train station, a bus station, how important that is when it comes to an impression of just how inclusive a city may feel? Absolutely, 100%. I think um, trying to find ways to make things easier for others, but every time it seems that one demographic of people gets left out. And it's, and it's funny because when I told people I was about to, to travel, immediately everybody started sharing their horror stories, you know, of not being able to hear announcements properly, not having the wayfinding they need. Um, like I said, waiting for 15, 20 minutes for assistance. Um, and airport staff can do really well in one area and then completely fail in another area. And I think that's what is, makes it so inconsistent, unpredictable, and that's what's frustrating for everyone, not just disabled people, but everyone. I, I'm going to be careful here because uh, because I know you have clients all over the country, but let me just say an airport or a train station will very much influence the places that I'm willing to travel. The city that mm. I currently live in, for example, the GTA, has a really rough train station and a really rough airport. If I didn't live here, I would never want to go through those two places. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 that's that's a fact. That that, a that's, fact that's, sure. that's just an yeah. objective fact, uh, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about one of the reasons why you've been journeying, and that was to attend a conference. I, I want to break down the uh, positives or the possibilities into two different categories: the inclusiveness of the presentations and the inclusivity of the conference itself. So let's start with the information presented. What should be provided to make sure attendees feel as included as possible? 
So for me, um, and you know, I was going to present at the conference, which I think is a very different experience from going to attend a conference. Um, so things are, I'm a bit more in control of, of what I'm doing and, and how I do things. So I try to control on my end in terms of what uh, accessibility that I can offer, you know, things that I am able to do, uh, like I enable captions on my slide presentation. Um, and you know, I call them craptions, they're, they're auto-generated, they're not perfect. Um, but if the conference is not um, offering CART, let's say, then I'm going to at least offer my auto captions. Um, I make sure that I'm providing visual descriptions. I'm reading the text on the slides. Um, I, I do as much as I can. But, you know, I've been to conferences where they've had uh, ASL interpretation. They've had Braille handouts. Um, and I think that we really need to ask people what their accessibility needs are and try to provide as much of that as possible. To me, that's what makes a great conference. Mm, absolutely. And the fact is, if you give people more material, they're going to feel more engaged and present at the conference, which is a good thing for the presenters as well. So as we think about things more broadly, what are the other things a conference organizer should keep in mind to make sure people are comfortable and included right from the get-go? You know, I talk about food a lot, <laughs> um, and it, I'm just saying, in the last conference that I was at, you know, we, there were some issues with the food. Um, us gluten-free people had some problems in the morning, um, and the conference organizers did not expect that. They were not happy about that, and luckily things kind of got fixed by lunchtime. But, um, you know, these, these kind of things happen. We have to kind of think about plan A, plan B, uh, plan C sometimes when we're, when we're managing conferences. Um, but I also appreciate things like quiet rooms to get away from the crowd, get away from the noise. Um, and I also appreciate being checked in with. I, I like to see that my presence is valued, that I'm appreciated to be there. And I know in a big conference is not always easy, but if conference organizers can go up to your presenters and say, hey, is everything going okay for you? Is there anything you need? I just really appreciate a, a little check-in. Yeah, I like the check-in in the midst of a conference. I also like being given some information at my fingertips beforehand. You can always tell when an organizer has their I's dotted and their T's crossed weeks in advance versus someone who's kind of running towards the finish line because it's even something like giving me some idea of where the check-in desk is going to be or where I can go to kind of get my initial point of contact on my way into the place. Even something as simple as what door should I enter? And I was at an event at the uh, Palais du Congrès in Montreal in 2015, and there's like 72 bazillion doors to yes. get into that place. And if they hadn't sort of specified, we recommend this door off this street, I would have been lost for like hours in that place. Oh, 100%, yeah. It's uh, big. Uh, Kelly, you mentioned the the quiet room side of this, and I think that's one of the things about a conference that can sort of say, ooh, the in-person is nice because you get to really interact with people, but it's also difficult because you end up interacting with a whole bunch of people, and it's exhausting. But we also know that the the, the hybrid side or the or the digital side has been appealing for some folks as well. Now that you've lived both sides of this life in the last couple of years, do you find yourself having a preference versus in-person or digitally attending a conference? So when I'm presenting, I actually really enjoy uh, being able to see people in real time. I like being able to see people's reactions, their body language. Um, I, I, I get more feedback. I find it's better than when I'm uh, doing virtual conferences. And a lot of times when I'm presenting virtually, people have their cameras off and I'm 
I'm just presenting to a black screen. <laughs> so uh, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's a different, it's a completely different energy. Um, and so I really actually enjoy going and traveling. Um, I love business travel. I know I'm strange for that, <laughs> but um, I love to go and be uh, with people when I'm presenting. I, I get a high, I guess, out of being in front of a group. And I think the pressure is kind of off me in the sense that at that point, for the rest of the conference, people recognize me and they come up to me and I don't have to go in and put the effort in for networking and, and trying mm. to get myself out there because people are actually coming up to me to chat with me. And that, that takes a lot of the pressure off. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've experienced that a couple times myself over the years. It definitely takes some of the pressure off. Hey, Kelly, this is going to be the last time we had chat with you ahead of the holiday season live on air. So I wanted to say, hey, thank you for everything you've done for us this year. And I'm glad the travels you just had were safe. And uh, we'll talk to you again in 2023. Thank you. Happy holidays. That's Kelly Braun Johnson, the founder of Completely Inclusive. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.